Welcome back to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Ian, Dom, and Luke. How's it going, fellas? Hanging in there. It's going good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, So today we are going to be starting a four-part series uh, where we're going to kind of take a deeper dive into some of the uh, decks that each of us have enjoyed playing in the past or something that we kind of continue to play um, and have enjoyed and we kind of hold it near and dear to us. Um, So that'll be kind of our main concept for today, as well as uh, this will be like a four part series. So we'll go into decks for each of us. Um, But before we get into that, have you guys been uh, playing any magic or engaged in any magic uh, cards of any sort? Uh, I've been playing, you know, mainly arena. I think I want to get back into streaming, start streaming more. It'll be fun. Something to do. That's sweet. Just on arena, or are you still trying to do? Um, you still have your mana traders, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, I do. So I'll probably do both. A little bit of you. Well, Whatever I'm in the mood for that evening. Cool, definitely. Cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. Nothing wrong with changing it up a little, especially since you can't like you can't play historic on moto. Yeah. I, that's actually one format I haven't like gotten into. I've played it a little bit, but not a ton. Honestly, kind of surprises me because it seems like a lot of the cards that I've seen you play with in the past that you've enjoyed are all like Kaldesh area. I, I did like call it Kaladesh. <laughs> um, so I'm now now well because you know that Kaladesh remastered. I might yeah, I might take a look at it. Just look for look at your wild cards. That's what I keep saying. Yeah, um, there there's these are a bit of ducks though. <clears throat> The sacrifice deck, like Jun sacrifice, Rakdos sacrifice, is still huge. Um, there's a mono white life gain, which is ridiculous. So, I mean, there, there's definitely some decks out there, and then there's goblins too, because they let us play with Muxus. There's always goblins. Yeah. No matter People how much you try to get rid of so them, bad. always come back. Oh. We did get together um, Friday night, and I did get to jam some goblins. I did, I did get to borrow Dom's goblins, and. Uh, they only spun the wheel like once or twice, though. Yeah, it's it's not like a whole lot the uh home, the whole lot of times that you can do that. Yeah, because a lot of times even even if you get like a ringleader or a matron, you're searching up something else. Yeah, so it, it's it's really just situational. I mean, this is that was legacy, so trying to figure out what you need at the time and. You know, it's it's the toolboxy part. So there is the turbo muxus, which I was also looking at getting. Um, trying to figure that out. I, I'm missing a few more things like chrome moxes and some other ancient tombs and two more muxus, muxi, whatever we want to call them. How many does the legacy list play? The turbo plays four. Uh, original or um, like normal, we'll say toolboxy plays like two. Okay. So. Yeah, the, the, um, the turbo version, like that? you can just hard cast on turn two, which is just insane, and yeah. you can do it like relatively consistently. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Like, and that was the thing looking at those. Um, I want to say it was Caleb D was messing around with it. I can't I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Derward. Yes. Yeah. No, he. Do, I see him messing around with stuff all the time. I, I like watching his stream because he always has randomness a lot of times, and it's kind of fun to watch. Well, there was some like bigger uh, moto tournament a few months ago, 
and people were talking about trying the turbo goblins out and i was like yeah you probably want four muxus and they was trying to figure out what it is and turns out yeah you want as many chances to try and get that card as possible because you could just fucking power it out there were you was it playing like any number of like seeming spirit guides then too uh i don't think i think they tried it out originally um i don't know yeah, if it's on usually now. usually they've just been playing chrome Mox as their colored mana accelerator mm-hmm. okay um just because you don't need just that burst of mana to cast something like because you still want to cast more three and four and five and six drops so yeah. you just want to just keep it around so you're willing to sacrifice the extra card but you want the mana long term and i i've kind of seen sense. it drop off a bit too i guess the last one that i'm seeing it was the legacy prelim they went three and two with it um the turbo ones kind of dropped off because i think people were more ready for it um yeah there, there was no simians here but it, it's definitely it's a lot of the same cards but um it's just the numbers are different, which makes sense. You know, the, the toolboxy one, you play like twos and ones and stuff like that. This one, it's pretty much like fours and then a couple sprinkled like one ofs. Um, you know, because you got to run the one crunch. Does it still play Matron? Uh, yeah, still four. Okay. So that's where you can still kind of get away with some of the one ofs, I yeah. suppose. So, and I mean, the one ofs, at least in this list, are like uh, one gem palm one trash master one krenko like, sure. yeah that makes sense and then the other ones uh two <laughs> warren instigator two crater maker two skirt prospector and then everything else is four ups mm-hmm. so okay. it, it's like i said it, it's a little bit different um but i mean it is what it is like you're literally just trying to turbo out of muxus and spin the wheel and see because you can just lose or you can just win right on the spot. So, and what's hilarious is looking at this list, most of these cards they're playing are in the historic version. Um, Lackey isn't. Warren Instigator isn't. uh, Rabble Master isn't. And that's pretty much the mana base, I think. And then it's the mana base, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of funny. That's the list. (laughs) It's not the whole mana base because there are some mountains in both. Yeah, those are those are still legal. Yes, Um, luckily. But the uh, ancient tombs, cavern of souls, and uh, city of traitors aren't for good reason. Yeah, but you know, yeah, don't don't expect those to happen. I feel like especially right after uh, here's Kaladesh remastered or whatever. Here's some soul lands. Oh, like, oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, this four mana broken artifact that everybody was complaining about until it got banned in standard. Yeah. I can guess turn two. Complain on turn two. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> yeah, that would be outrageous. All right. So, Luke, you've been thinking about playing a little bit more, even streaming. That's that's sweet. I, I hope that you do because that'd be cool. I'll, I'll hop on and watch, and maybe we can even co stream sometime. That'd be sweet. Uh, Dom, Ian, you guys been playing at all? Um, just did a little bit of play testing. Well, actually, 
I didn't play Tusk when we we had a few of us go get together. I helped Luke play Tusk. That was fun. Um, Still counts. Yeah. So like he like he mentioned, he borrowed my <laughs> my goblins, which was the toolbox version. Um, and it was just fun watching it. Like I, I did want to sit down, but it was also one of those things where it was just fun watching someone else play it and still sit there and talk through. Um, I can't remember what you played against though. Uh, I played so I borrowed a total of three decks. I had four color loam goblins and uh, turbo depths. Mm-hmm. And I played against um, stacks, Golo stacks. Yeah, painter servant. Yeah, and then monogreen uh, post. And post monogreen post. Yeah. That was those post games. A lot, a lot of the ones that were a lot of the uh, yeah, some of them were real long. It was weird. Yeah. It was funny because a lot of a lot of the the help I got from you was how many of these are you running? Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you usually, running more? <laughs> usually the answer is four or one. <laughs> no, it was like one yeah. the one time. It was like one. It well, like... it's already in my graveyard, so crap. <laughs> well, that was when Get you that. were playing turbo depths and you were asking how many ghost quarters were in there. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then I, I said, you know, there's the reason they call it turbo. And not just depths like that was a fast one. You want to you want to flute the pig and then move on to the next round. Like that that's what you want to do. <laughs> I think I, uh, I think I had to turn to uh, spaghetti monster once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to update that list. Um, so people are now running Saltai because they're running Stifle. I've uh, played against that a couple times on Magic yeah. Online. I think they're literally just calling it Rainbow Depths now. Um, yeah, it, it's Rainbow Depths, but literally the only non-black green card is the four main deck cycles. Yeah. So, but, like, you play 12 Rainbow card. Lands, so am, you can play whatever. Am I a really terrible want. person because I need this in my life? No. There's no more than you already four are. Four color. What was the four color for? Fireclasm on the board. Okay. Um. Yeah, so they're, they're trying that stuff out, which I'm only... Two stifles. I need the mana confluence and stuff. That's fine. I need the other thing. Um, but I was looking at that, but I also want to play like the big version because I own Knox Diamonds now, so I need to figure that out. Um, because that version I feel like has more uh grind power and like kind of staying powder with uh dark confidence and whatnot. So sure. Um but yeah, L- I mean that's a little grindier. Yeah, yeah. So um watching that being played was super fun and just kind of seeing i um was finally able to finish this one big trade that's been like a few months in the works so that was done got way more credit than i thought i was gonna get so that helped and cheers to that yeah now i'm only a tabernacle off of lands nice i mean is a hell of a card to be off of but you know it's just one card how bad could it be yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. only one card. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. So um, it doesn't stop uh, our buddy Joe to keep tagging me in every single one that he sees, acting <laughs> like I have $1,600 <laughs> just to spend right now. Wait, you mean you don't? <laughs> yeah. He's an asshole, but it's whatever. Uh, I mean, he is, but yeah. He's an asshole without doing that, though. So it's true. Uh, but I did beat him this week in fantasy. So ah, it's all that matters. matters. All that matters. 
I beat him by like 45 points. It was nice. Uh, so you didn't just beat him. Playoffs. You beat yeah. him. Oh yeah. It was, uh, I mean, listen here, Derek Henry's a hell of a thing. Oh, it is <laughs> being able, we, we keep one person and I was able to keep Derek Henry and I had to switch out the round. I drafted him last year, which was like the third round. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I will take that every day of the week. So that was fun. But um, that's what I'm going through. I'm waiting for my cards to get back that were signed and just kind of a nervous wreck until that happens. And then um, moving on. I, uh, yeah, I finally saw a signed Dryad Arbor original one in one of the groups and I was mm-hmm. bidding on it. And I had a number in mind that I was going to stop at, and I was ready to go a little bit above that number that I was going to stop at, and it went <laughs> way above that number that I was going to stop at. So, so you stopped. Yeah, I, I do not have a signed dryad ever on the way. <laughs> it went for four hundred and eighty-five, and I think the guy non-foil, was, right? Non-foil. Yeah, That's crazy. Four hundred eighty-five dollars. Insane. Um, <laughs> that. Um, for one card, yeah. My number who, was like 350. Who did Dryad Arbor? Uh, Eric Fortuna. That's the original one. And then there's the second one from the front of the vault, which that person doesn't sign either. So mm-hmm. everyone who plays Dryad Arbor needs them to reprint Dryad Arbor and then have it be by someone who signs. Yeah. <laughs> Rob like, Alexander. RK Post. Rob Alexander, yeah, RK either, Post, like either. whatever. Chris Moeller, sure, whatever. Pete Venters, absolutely. Like let's somebody go. who does it. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it was just crazy to see it. Uh, he, the person who did that auction was also had some chippy cards, mm. um, and that was wild. Seemed like one Mishra's bauble signed. I think went for like three something. That was nuts. So because I'm insane. like, you need three more. <laughs> yeah. Dryad Arbor, you might need two. You really just need one. Yeah, so it's that's like, why you need two if you play elves. Yeah, that's why I was kind of prepared to go what I thought was deep, and then other people's pockets were bigger. So right. That's fine. So that's that's my magic stuff so far. Um I'd like to get back into arena historic, but I'm I'm seeing these decks that seem cool and We'll see. So, and I'm trying to help my buddy's girlfriend learn how to play. So nice. That's been interesting. Getting a getting a message every once in a while, like, "How do you beat this card?" And I'm like, "Okay, do you want me to answer how I beat it, or how you should beat it?" <laughs> right. Because usually mine is just go faster, <laughs> and that's that's exactly what it is. Um, but trying to get that point across has been interesting. So I'm, 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 I'm excited for that. I'm going to try and, uh, play against them in the matches on arena, the quick matches or whatever. So just have fun. So that's, that's my magic stuff right now. Sweet. Ian, what you been up to? Um, I haven't been playing too much. Um, just cause it's been a little busy with trying to secure a house and everything and getting everything ready for that. Um, but when uh, when I have been playing, I have pretty much exclusively been jamming uh, Omni Show just because I figured I finally own this deck in paper. I probably should get some practice in with it. And I love the deck. The number of, and I've played so many mirror matches too in the last couple of days. And it is so much fun. 
Like you both want to cast a show and tell, but you know that if you do, you could just lose on the spot. (laughs) So it's like, okay, so I have to have my payoff. And then the way to answer his counter to it and the way to answer his counter to my counter to his counter. Right. This might take a while. Yeah. We need about 12 cards in hand. Yep. Give or take. Sounds complicated. It can be. Uh, there was a stack that I had where it was, um, I cast an Emrakul with that trigger on the stack. My opponent cast a Cunning Wish. In response to that, I cast an Intuition. They cast another Cunning Wish in response. I responded with a Cunning Wish. He forced back, and it's just like all sorts of stuff. It was like an eight to ten card deep stack. Those are the best. And it's, I'm so glad that moto takes care of the stack for you you don't have to have all the cards laid out and figure out everything it's like like which one was this targeting i don't remember right that reminds me of like the four color rally oh yeah uh mirrors that's the whole reason i didn't play the four color rally deck is i did not want to play the mirror match yeah it's not it wasn't fun i'll tell you that i did i played that deck i know people who played that deck that almost didn't even bother putting together a sideboard because mm-hmm. sure. you never got to that point. Yeah, those games were goofy. So uh, for me, I've I've played a little bit. I played when we got together on Friday. Um, I have been in the process of picking up um, Japanese cards to kind of like rebuild my collection. Uh, I am about four cards away well i have some packages that are coming in the mail that are all delayed so hopefully those come at some point um but i i know that holiday season is a little bit sketchy for things coming on time so that's fine i'm just hoping they get here um but on me (laughs) my pro boxes are coming from new york and they were supposed to be here the 12th oh yeah no i i had stuff that was shipped out on the third or fourth that's still on its way that is yeah. Hell, I'm still waiting on a package from Italy from last February. That's a thing. Oh, I just I had telling myself that completely knowing that it's lost somewhere. So. Well, here's the thing. I just sent some stuff, some signed stuff to to Europe. Dude was like, I think it was to the Netherlands, and he was like, Yeah, can you just ship it like plain white envelope? I was like, Are you sure? He was like. Yeah, that's fine. He goes, I haven't had any problem with it when it's shipped that way. I was like, okay. Um, so I did. Was he got Facebook it today. Profile <laughs> black and white picture of them. Huh? Was their Facebook profile a black and white picture of them? I do not remember. Because I, I bought and sold to someone in the Netherlands like three times. Uh, no, it's, it's not. And let me make sure this is the one from the Netherlands. Netherlands. Oh, it is. No, it's it's it is the Netherlands, but it's not a black and white picture of them. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, th- this this person was just like, yeah, just plain white envelope. It's fine. Uh, I've mm-hmm. not had any problem. I was like, okay. Which, to be fair, I have sent multiple things to Guam within the past year, and whenever it's tracked to Guam, it takes like two or three weeks to get there. If it's plain white envelope to Guam, it's like a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knows? I don't understand it, but that's yeah, just how it is. Um, so. Yeah, that's something. To, so, and the biggest thing is just making sure that you package it up well enough, right? Like, I, yeah. I generally have it. If it's a single card, it's like inner sleeve, regular sleeve, top loader, taped in one of those plastic like fold top sandwich bags, and then in an envelope. Tea bags. 
Well, no, not even that. Like I, I couldn't find those anywhere lately. So I was literally using like the sandwich bags, like, oh, gotcha. like the fold top sandwich bags. Um, because they're, they don't have the hard part that would be like a Ziploc that makes it goofy, but yeah. it, but it's malleable enough and it folding it over enough onto the card, make it so that water would not really be able to get into it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, I have had zero problem with any of that. And actually there are people that have received them like that have been like dude thanks so much for making sure that this was taken care of i appreciate it so thanks for not just sticking it in an envelope on sleeves <laughs> right right um so yeah so i've been picking those things up i have like some blazing volleys and some okos on the way i gotta i gotta pick up uh no actually now now that blazing volleys are on the way i only need like two cards i need two japanese uh, braids so if anybody out there listening and has those message me on uh twitter and we'll see what we can figure out because that's all i'm looking for now <laughs> i used to have korean ones ah, see that's fair but not quite <laughs> um but yeah so that's all i've been doing magic wise i've been so after we talked last time about what we've been doing to kind of keep ourselves busy and not get burnt out from magic i've been like i hopped on this pokemon thing like hard like real hard um but it's kind of fun it's like opening lottery tickets every time and so far we're winning yeah, for those who don't know him in person, uh, for lack of a better term, Matt is a lucky sack of shit, <laughs> especially when it comes to opening cards. No, there is no better term. That is... <laughs> for lack of a better term. That is the term. That's the term. That's fair. Um, no, I... I the first One of the first, like... Uh, so Pokemon in, in Magic you have bundles or fat packs. In Pokemon you have Elite Trainer boxes. So the first Elite Trainer box I opened of this set that only comes in Elite Trainer boxes. They don't make booster packs or booster boxes of. Um, I opened up like the most expensive card in the set, um, which was like a secret rare Charizard or something like that. Uh, today I just opened another one of those, and I opened up the second most expensive card in the pack or in the set, which is the other secret rare Charizard, something else. Um, but yeah, so you're not wrong, Ian. I, I will take that and I will take it to the bank as well. So yep. that is absolutely okay with me. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing, just buying random stuff. And I think I'm actually going to uh, work with somebody we, some of us know, uh, another Ian, um, that's been looking to ship some stuff off to get graded because I think I'm going to go ahead and do that with some of the stuff that I've opened, um, which will be new for me, but it'll be kind of cool, something different. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing. I played a little bit on Friday with my uh, Japanese Delver list, which was which is kind of fun to have almost put together. Um, next, I'll probably step into getting the rest of Storm uh, put together. I did just get... Uh, four Japanese chrome boxes in the mail. Um, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. So um, I think we've kind of covered what everybody's doing. So let's hop into our topic for today. Um, Ian, go ahead with uh, what you want to bring to the table, literally. All right. So uh, I think it was like two days ago, Matt messaged us like with the idea that we could all kind of have our own talk about a deck episode and instantly my mind went to one of the decks that I played for God, probably two years 
Uh, and it was one of the most fun decks I've ever played. I wish it was still somewhat viable in modern. Uh, but I played Abzan Midrange in modern for about two years. Um, because one, I owned most of the cards because I had Jund for a long time. So I had my Dark Confidants, my Tarmogoyves, my Thought Seizes, all that stuff. But I got tired of having the Jund Mirror match mostly come down to who drew better. So I decided that I wanted to play white instead of red because Lingering Souls is a hell of a card. So I switched over to white and I think for the first six months that I played this deck, I had it tracked out at one point. I had a 92% win rate against Jund, which if you guys played back in 2015-ish era, Jund was like half the format. So, you know, 92 win rate against half the format. It's pretty damn good. Um, just to go over a uh, deck list real quick. Um, this is similar to what I played. I would change up the numbers a lot during the, during the season, just depending on what I was expecting to run into in the meta. But um, pretty much every single list I've started with would always have three Dark Confidants, four Tarmogoyfs in it. Uh, usually just play three? three Scavenging Uses just because it's a card that can just take over the game on its own. Um, sometimes a Tireless Tracker or two would make it into the list. But the big payoff creature was our Lord and Savior, Siege Rhino. Mm -hmm. um, there is always the quote-unquote downside of flipping a Siege Rhino to your Dark Confidant. But then you quickly realize, oh, I just drew a Siege Rhino, so everything's okay. Um, despite I mean, the you fact... You get most of the life back. Yeah, anyway. you get most of the life back, and you bolt your opponent. Mm -hmm. um, the, the biggest thing about Siege Rhino, it's very similar to Bloodbraid Elf, which at the time was banned in Modern. Um, but it's a Siege Rhino is a Bloodbraid Elf that is bigger has relevant combat abilities, and always cascades into a uh, Lightning Helix. Which, in a lot of matchups, if you're playing against Burn, if you're playing against anything aggressive, a 4-5 blocker that also gained 3 life is insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I, if I, if Siege Rhino, or I'm sorry, if Bloodbraid Elf always cascaded into Lightning Helix, I would play that card a lot more than I do. Mm -hmm. the, uh... um, but like, I know you're talking about just modern. Like, I remember playing, there was the first time I really played competitively, and Siege Rhino was like, it was the Abzan deck and the four color stuff. And I was just playing mono red. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember having to play Roast and stuff, like, just to try and deal with that, but it still didn't matter. So it's a hell of a card. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I remember having three Roast in the sideboard just for Siege Rhino. Yeah, and, and trust me, I played a lot of Siege Rhino in that standard format too. And several other modern decks. And I've probably played Siege Rhino in to like eight different decks at this point. It's reasonable. Uh, it's a heck of a magic card. It really is. Like even if you don't attack with it, if it enters the battlefield, it's done something. Yeah. It's it's a it's a large life swing that like 
I mean, it, it's at it, that point, it's an expensive lightning helix. Okay. Like, I've, I've played worse cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like for the same, for basically the same cost. Like, I played War Leader's Helix when it was in standard. So it's just sure. four damage, gain four. Right. Like, yeah, I could use it as a removal spell, but this gives you a body instead of killing the four toughness creature. You can block it and then block sure. the next one. And then yeah, turn no. sideways and win the game. Exactly. <laughs> like, turns out four power is still a heck of a clock. Mm-hmm. I played Siege Rhino once. I'm weird because that's not exactly a me kind of card at mm-hmm. all. But I was playing it in the like million Siege Rhino deck where it was like Bring Delight Siege Rhinos. Yeah, bring delights, siege rhinos, clones, clones, clones. Yeah, right. Clones that made more clones. <laughs> um, essentially, that was exactly what it was. Um, and it was also kind of, it was basically like a, so I played it in that the one time. And then <clears throat> once that deck got to be kind of tiresome, I ended up playing it in like a four color control deck. It was still a bring delight deck, but it wasn't like, a million rhinos it was like you play your four rhinos and you play four bring the lights but then it's like board wipes and the rhinos are your are your win con yeah, it's just good value cards right well i played that against uh a buddy of ours that was playing legacy burn he had that on him legacy burn can't beat multiple siege rhinos <laughs> learned that one we I actually there's played, a lot of decks that can't we played multiple games and he was just like i'm not I do not know how I'm supposed to beat this card because by turn four, if I haven't killed you yet, you beat me because you now just put a four or five into play and you gained a lightning bolt. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, it, it was crazy. It was just kind of making me laugh because I didn't, I, again, it's not exactly a card that I played a ton of. I played it a little bit, um, but I was often on the other end and at the receiving end of the seizure. I know, which was not fun either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, no, especially like at the time when I was playing this deck, the best removal spells in the format were Abrupt Decay and Lightning Bolt because yeah. Fatal Push was not printed yet. Assassin's and it even dodges something like, and I know you probably don't run into this a lot in modern, but like a Flame Slash or something there, similar. Like, flame Slash was very played at the time because like it was five is a big deal. Like it was being played in the twin decks for years because answering a spell sky was very important. So they would play Flame yeah. Slash. Yeah. Cause like you, you, and then, so then you go, what are you gonna do? Play like what we now we're talking about, Roast. Now you're playing a two mana sorcery that only hits a ground creature. Yep. They ended up having to play Roast in the sideboard of Blue Red Twin because they just couldn't answer it otherwise. Like it would be able to kill Tarmogoyf too sometimes. But just the fact that it's always a four or five, you're never going to be able to bolt it. You have to double bolt it. It the only removal spell that answered it cleanly was terminate. Jund played two to three copies of terminate, mm-hmm. but the rest of Jund's removal spells were abrupt decay, lightning bolt, and Liliana of the Veil. And turns out. Out of those three, you can't guarantee that Liliana's going to hit it. And the other ones don't work. Like It was just a very difficult to answer threat. Yeah, yeah it, Liliana, you're, sac- you're sacking Bob. You'd rather sack Bob than the, than the 
siege rhino because a lot of points yeah it's like i already have what i need i don't need bob anymore i already have everything i need to kill you yeah no i definitely agree because i i when i was in that format playing i was playing a lot of like blue black ish control or grixis or something along those lines mm-hmm. a bla- black based removal control deck um and our main removal spell was like ultimate price (laughs) and and it was like really bad oh well this doesn't hit anything that's great wonderful um yeah because so we had to play like uh we had like bad uh like heroes downfall effects essentially Mm -hmm. like heroes downfall (laughs) right that and then i think we got ruinous path at one point you could also you can play murderous cut you could play Murder Scott. That was that was one that we did play uh, when we were in like the the deck. Like when you played Blue Black Control and you were playing like the anticipate format, like type of Blue Black Control where you were just kind of getting through your deck quick to have a lot of stuff in the graveyard. Then we would because you'd play like Dig Through Time and you'd play um, Murder Scott, but you couldn't play too many because when you're playing a bunch of Dig Through Times and a bunch of Murder Scots, you don't have enough cards in the graveyard to make it all happen. So you kind of had to pick and choose which ones you were playing. Yeah, I remember when I was playing Grixis Delver, I would play one or two murderous cuts, either in the main or in the board. And people looked at me like I was crazy. And they saved my butt a lot of times. Sure. Yeah. And now, like, in a Grixis Delver list, like you're talking about there, I would, like, there's so many cards that they've printed now that I'm just like, geez, oh, man. I would have loved to have this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This was, was like, three years ago. Like, this, this... yeah, they, this was, you know, pre-Fatal Push, pre sure. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. No, I think this deck looks like I I agree, Ian, when you talked about, you know, playing the white instead of the red because Lingering Souls is just a hell of a magic card. Yeah. Um, because I that was that was like me when I was playing the um Pyromancer deck. Like it was a it was a black red deck that also played lingering souls <laughs> mm-hmm. you know because yeah, like in a format of one for one removal like when, when your goal is to one for one your opponent and then just have better cards than them mm-hmm. the built-in four for one being a four of in your main deck in the mirror matches is just insane yeah because they have to answer everything right because i mean jund is going to be a played deck whether it's a good deck or it's just being played because people just love their jund decks we know good people deck? like that <laughs> yeah, it's like once you once you join the cult of jund it is very difficult to leave yeah it's, it is and so like when i was playing pyromancer just like when you're playing this and you have cards like that like or like in in this list um you there's like the gideon ally of zendikar right so it comes mm-hmm. down and just makes starts making tokens well in mine i was playing a main deck and once one main one side bitter blossom so it's mm-hmm. like when it comes down, they either have to use Abrupticate on it, and so that means they can't get rid of like a Pyromancer, or they have to use like a Maelstrom Pulse to kill all the the fairy tokens. But then they just come back. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So it was just like one of those things where they're like, I'm kind of, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't, kind of thing. <laughs> More damned if you don't. Right. But <laughs> usually, but it's like having to pick one or the other and they were kind of like neither is the best choice mm-hmm. they just have to kind of go for it yeah anytime um, you can have a card where both choices are bad it's a good card yeah fully um, agree fully agree 
but yeah so other Funny, than we, other than we the lingering souls sorry oh good i was gonna i was gonna say we you know we were talking before about siege rhino and we talked before we started recording how i said you know i don't think i've ever cast siege rhino but i've killed a lot of people with siege rhino bear siege rhinos because <laughs> i was playing uh the red green landfall and i was the idiot that splashed uh to canopy vista so i could play deflecting palm so i'll cast all my pump spells on your siege rhino and then kill you with it it was really funny watching a player have to use removal on their own siege rhino <laughs> i will attack you for lethal and then kill my own thing right that's 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 a solid play i like that play <laughs> no i think it's interesting like i i always enjoy kind of looking back at decks like this um to see like you know now that we have an updated set of cards you know from the last what three years now mm-hmm. um what would be able to be played in a deck like this you know what i mean i just find that kind of thing is is really interesting to kind of think about yeah it's like whenever whenever you get new sets that play like play to the board like a lot of the standards have lately have there's always something to look at for mid-range decks like this mm-hmm. and the question just comes down to is it better than what we already have right so like some things will always stand the test of time like yeah tarmogoyf is still gonna be scary thoughtsies still takes your best card but like yeah you can find room for uh liliana last hope you can find room for that removal spell like, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think it's better. easy to just swap out the four paths for four Fatal Push. There's already Fatal Push that are usually in the deck. Yeah, yeah. for, for a long time... Oh, I right. Playing, I thought this was pre that. Oh, there it is. Uh, I can see yeah. real good. <laughs> but yeah, when, I, when I was playing the deck originally, it was just four path to exile. Um, mm-hmm. Just because there's no Fatal Push. Right. And it came down to Fatal Push getting printed, and then it went, okay, cool. We'll switch out. We'll, we'll play four path and one push. Oh, that card was pretty good. Well, let's do three <laughs> path, two push. Okay, let's just play four push and one path. It's fine. Right, right. No, and that's, I think that's been a thing for a lot of different decks um, to just figure out which, what the right combination of the two because both of them are efficient. They're one mana to kill things, right? Now, it just depends on you look at the format. Are, are the things that are getting played bigger than four mana to cast, or are they less than four mana to cast? Or, you know what I mean? That's kind of where it's mm-hmm. at because in a format like modern getting revolts kind of whatever like that, that sure. Okay. We can figure that out. Um, whether that's, that's the easy part. Yeah. Whether that's attack, like suiciding a token into something so that it dies or whatever, you know, um, I will crack my fetch land. Right. Absolutely. Like that's, that's obviously we know that's like the easiest of the easy, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's one of those kind of things where it's just like, man, uh, which, which is better right now? Um, do you not want to give them lands because it's a big mana deck? You know, that's kind of at the top of the format. How do we want to, is it the big mana deck that's at the top of the format? So Fatal Push is kind of negligible. Um, you kind of have to determine based upon what else is around, you know, you have to kind of adjust your 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 style of uh deck construction i guess in a way yeah yeah because it could you could argue all day about whether path or fatal push are the better one mana removal spell 
But when you're sitting there and you're holding a fatal push against a kitchen fence, feels bad. Sure. Feels even worse when you're sitting there holding a fatal push against a worm coil engine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then, like, you're sitting there with a fatal push and your opponent plays an Ulamog. <laughs> even worse. Like, huh. Well, this is really bad. I wish I had a path. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to bring up, not just the size, but indestructible. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the other, that's the other consideration. Now, most of the things that are indestructible are big. There's right. not a lot of mm-hmm. little um, indestructible creatures. The other one I was looking at was the abrupt, decre- abrupt decay. Does that get replaced with assassin's trophy? Cause it'll get the bigger things, but it gives them a land. Now we're talking modern. A lot of decks don't play more than a couple basics. Yeah, yeah. I think if I if I was going to run this list now, and by if I was going to, I mean I'm planning on playing a league after this because I miss Siege Rhino. Um, I'm going to be playing Assassin's Trophies. The uncounterable part is not a huge issue in the metagame right now. Um, like they are. If people are playing their Euro pile decks where most of their counter spells are uh, like just one for once. Yeah. Like they aren't playing they aren't playing cryptic commands. Mm-mm. And they're blue playing one or two. Um but so like abrupt decay isn't as important now as it was. Because the big reason it was huge back then was okay, cool, splinter twin. Mm-hmm. Very relevant being able to kill a three CMC creature uncounterably. Um, but now it's like, okay, cool. Uh, this abrupt decay doesn't do much, but if you play a car and I can assassin's trophy it, like I can Absolutely. answer more things. And when you're playing a mid range deck, you want your answers to be as versatile as possible. So you want to play your thought seasons, your inquisitions, your maelstrom pulses, your assassin's trophies. So if you were looking at this deck for now, like if you were going to, like you said, you may play this after we're done here. Um, do you think that there would be anything pertinent to like swapping in um, one to two Liliana Lassos for Liliana the Veils? So when I was playing this deck towards the end of the time when I owned it, I was playing either three Liliana of the Veil and one Lily Last Hope main deck, or I was playing four Lily Veil main deck. Okay. Uh, and entirely came down to what I, what the meta was shaping up to be that week. Mm-hmm. Like I had, when I played this deck, out of the 75 cards, I had like a set 65. Sure. And then the rest of it was just flexed depending on where I'm going, what the meta was like there if I'm going to an LGS or I'm going to a star city and it just always changed. Um, but there was always at least one Liliana last hope in my 75. It just came down to where it was. Sure. Because at the time, Jund was everywhere. Mid range was everywhere. So I wanted to make sure I won the mirror match. Cause like I said, 92%, it's a pretty good win rate. So it's fine. Yeah. But, <laughs> the main reason the main reason I had that 92% win rate was because of the way I sideboarded with this deck. What so like a lot of people would play like maybe maybe a Gideon in the sideboard or a Liliana Last Hope. Um, 
or like they play a couple kitchen things because it can splash against burn. Um, just like a couple extra two for ones. Mm-hmm. But when I played the deck, I played four planeswalkers in my sideboard. If I didn't have the Liliana last up in my main deck, it was in my board. I played a Soren Solemn Visitor. Love that card. Because it makes tokens, it buffs your spirits, gives, gives you lifelink. Life. Yep. And then if you ever alt it in a mid-range mirror, it's game <laughs> over. Because his ultimate is just absolutely backbreaking. Um, but then the other two that I would play in the sideboard were a um, oh god I can't even remember the, the actual name of it uh, the Flip Garouk uh, Garouk Relentless yes uh, um, Make wolves similar, then... to, similar to Gideon he was able to just pump out tokens mm-hmm. but if it came down to it he could also be a removal spell um, and if you ever flipped, like you're making just a bunch of death touch creatures. And when your one, one token can trade with your opponent's Tarmoglyph, it's pretty good. Absolutely. No, I, I definitely think that that makes sense. I've, I've, uh, found myself doing similar, uh, strategy sideboarding when I'm playing like a control deck where mm-hmm. I have like the Snapcaster kind of main deck, but then I'll side in like an extra one or two planeswalkers out of the board just because it's a sticky threat that's hard to deal with and maybe you know maybe it just has that it creates its own value on its own you know it's like Mm -hmm. casting another spell without having to cast another spell um i agree i think that that's a super strong cyborg plan i like that yeah um the the big the big daddy win the game was uh i played it on nixilis reignited on my sideboard (laughs) <laughs> sure sure um so three black black for a planeswalker that plussed to draw a card yep and then could also just be a removal spell like it it was always a guaranteed two for one mm-hmm. and i will take that any day in a mirror match and, and again, i had a lot of I had a lot of people get very salty at me when i should that's... when i was deboarding and i should show them all the planeswalkers i brought in <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's similar to like you were talking about for everything else you know it's you know when we when we think of jund we often think of like one for one you to death and then they win with their, their what's left yeah. um if you're two for oneing the the person that is one for oneing you often have the thing that's left that's the that's the whole thing and so it's a lot easier right and so when when you're talking about things like Garuk Relentless, it comes in and you can make tokens. Gideon Alexander card comes in and makes tokens. Um, Soren Solemn Visitor can come in and make tokens or just give you this huge life boost and then it gives you kind of like this this padding to do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it Those kind of things are, are so important, I think, when it comes to... Um, it, it's kind of changing your game plan, but not really changing your game plan. Do you know what I mean? Like your game plan here is you're, you're a mid-range deck. You're going to kind of do very similar things to what Jun does, but you're going to do it slightly better. Do you, is that, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it does. Cause like you still are going to go turn one thought season to Tarmogoyf into Liliana the Veil. Mm-hmm. But when you're plusing your Liliana, they're discarding an actual spell. You're discarding half the spell because you're getting rid of the lingering souls. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have more ways to take advantage of having the extra cards. Right. Oh, 
That makes perfect sense, though. I like I like the style of deck. So, I've been kind of quiet during this whole discussion because I've been trying to find my damn pictures, my list. I finally <laughs> did, um, and it's literally from December 2017, so three years ago. Um, I am very excited that you wanted to talk about Cedrano and Abzan Midrange because I really enjoyed playing this deck as well for a while. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I always kind of like kicked myself by getting rid of it, but then I just kind of remembered that uh, every time I would play certain decks, you just lose, and it's like, yeah, I'm kind of okay with just doing other things, but yeah, looking at my list here, I'm like, yeah, this is this would be really cool to play again, but at the time, the three years ago, I'm looking at the Goifs. Okay, they were kind of up there. The Lilianas of the Veil. Okay, they were up there. Now it's like, well, I have Dark Confidants. Goifs have been reprinted a thousand times. Yeah, Goifs are thirty-five dollars. <laughs> like, yeah. It, like looking at the prices on this list that I pulled up are very tempting. You know, mm-hmm. if I wasn't buying a house, I'd consider it. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I know you guys had like talked about like the different cards that were out there and whatnot, you know, push getting printed in here made this a lot better. The, you know, abrupt decay, obviously um, assassin's trophy as well. Like collective brutality, the collective brutality and Liliana of the veil with lingering souls was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. so much fun to use that together. Um, and that was like tireless tracker too. Like I, I thought that was insane. The, the card advantage from there. And thinking about these new cards that have come out, like I'm looking at a different list from just a month ago. Like, yeah, one hex drinker. Yep, it's a sure. card I always kind of forget about. And here it is. And that thing's a son of a bitch. I tell you that. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those cards where you always forget about it until your opponent attacks you for eight with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like seeing something like that, I'm like, man, yeah, that and a lot of this is the same. It, it's that same core, but I, I feel like it did get upgrades. Now, all these other decks got upgrades, too. Um, but having, like, the Silent Clearing and Nurturing Peatland, I think that helps a lot. Your mana base into some card advantage. Like, I, I think that's cool, you know? Now, is it going to be amazing? Maybe here and there, but um, this one was playing Akaya's Guile as well. Another very good card. From uh, Modern Horizons. Which honestly, I, this is like maybe the second time I've ever looked at this card. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, you know what? Why not? They get the looks. It's a hell of a thing, you know. I, like you talked about, like if you want to play it today, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in. But I could be all about it right now, and then you know, oh, here's Tron doing Tron things. Like, yeah. Well, see, like even the Tron <laughs> matchups gotten better. Because, like, anymore, Tron isn't just an instant win against black-green decks. Because Assassin's Trophy being able to hit lands is very relevant. See, so, when Assassin's Trophy came out, our buddy bought four foil, whatever, for Jund. And he was like, "This, this is the Tron killer. Okay. And he sat there and played against one of our other friends who was playing Tron and still got absolutely destroyed. So, now I understand this. When it came out, skill level could also be in there. Like, 
I feel like it may have not tilted the the arrow too much. It definitely it has to help, right? Yeah, it, it definitely helps. It's not like oh, you're playing Assassin's Trophy. It goes from a ten percent to a ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. And, but and, like, well, I guess Tron has changed too. I've been out of. I haven't paid much attention to modern a whole lot. Uh, have have they changed too to play in the smaller? Um. Oh my God. Karn. Karn. Yep, that's yes. that's the card. There you can go. tell I've been working a lot. Stressed <laughs> out. Can't remember names. Um. So some people play. Um, it happens. It happens. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Definitely happens Today, today was day like seventeen in a row of working. So I'm off tomorrow. It it felt like a Friday today, mm-hmm. and it's a Tuesday, and I was like, man, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you uh, haven't worked a Monday through Friday job in ever. Yeah, never. So it was a little wild, but hey. Well, so down. kind of my thought with Assassin's Trophy against Tron, like, yeah, you blow up one of their Tron lands. I think it slows them down, but they're getting most of their Tron lands by tutoring for it. They're not just drawing them. So See, that's true, but all you need to do is slow them down enough. Yeah. If, if if your game plan is to just interfere with their mana base, you're going to die. Yeah. And th- well, that's what I'm saying is with what you, you know, I, that's why I think it kind of backs up what you said, where it, it improves the matchup. I don't know that it makes it favorable. Yeah. It makes it not unwinnable. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it winnable. Right. But and you can, you can sometimes get them like there's ways you can get them if, if, you're on a build that's playing any number of like um like surgical that's exactly what i was gonna say you play surgical like not the thing is like surgical is way overboarded for a lot of different matchups and that's like so you can't you don't want to play it going well this is my plan and because i think people like i don't want people to think that that's what i'm suggesting because i don't think that that's i a don't good even plan. suggest playing surgical that... in your mid-range decks because it is an awful card <laughs> and that's fair and that's totally reasonable the only time that i think i could see playing it is if storm became a yep. big deck again like that if, if it was i would maybe play one or two it wouldn't be a whole lot of them um and you're the thing is you're if Storm's a big deck, what you can also do is you just go and you're already playing things like Rest in Peace, or you may play like Leyline of the Void instead, or whatever you want to do that route. That's That seems like it's a stronger play against the Storm decks and make them have to not play out of the graveyard. Yeah, Surgical is one of those cards where you only want to play it in your mid-range decks if you have to. Right, yeah, if you like, got no other okay, choice. Okay, cool. Phoenix is a card. That's scary. I have no other way to beat this. I'm going to play Surgical that's fine but when you're like there's so many people who will board in surgical because it's in their sideboard and their opponent has cards that they don't want to beat it's my favorite can't beat. And, it's literally like, my favorite and the number of times that i have had somebody cast a surgical against me in a like a an abzan or a jund mirror match i have wanted to reach across the table smack my opponent and then tell them why they're wrong I but usually it's there. for money, so I'm very happy that they did it. Fair. Because yeah. my opponent used a card to take a card that they already dealt with. So they've used two cards to deal with that 
Parmaglyph or that Liliana of the Veil or whatever it was to maybe get one out of my hand. And unless you can guarantee that I'm holding like two more copies of that card, it's always going to be resource even or neutral. And that's not where you want to be in a, in a mirror match like this. Mm-hmm. I had someone surgical my lightning bolt once. Flame burn. That was fun. It did, and let me guess, they paid life. Yep. Cool. Did you win? I already have used two lightning bolts too. Perfect. Oh, nice. Oh my God. Nice. That so, seems reasonable. I like. I thought they were joking, but then I looked and no, they had the card, and I was like, "Yeah." Oh, sweet. Those bolts down. did each did four damage now, yeah. and made you discard like, a card. That... Value. <laughs> yeah, sure works for me. You know. Yeah. Why don't I ever get to play against people like that when I play Burn? Listen, it happens. You got to be playing Burn a long time. <laughs> Because not every magic player is stupid, but you'll always remember the stupidest ones. Um, yeah. The old uh, Mono Green Tron player sides in his mana vaults in modern, gets told that he can't play them. We go to game three, and he also sided in a Blood Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just because something's that was fantastic, just because something's though. not on the ban list doesn't mean it's legal. I had, a, I had a lot of questions. I mean, to be fair, my first time playing modern, uh, our buddy Devin wanted to play um, Gorio's Vengeance, all that jazz ridiculousness, and uh, it had it made no sense to me why they weren't playing Dark Ritual. So I told him he should put Dark Rituals in there. So we found room, made it work. He beat my ass every single time. It was like, man, like, why is no one else playing this? This this makes a whole lot of sense because you just kind of just do the thing. Yeah, we found out why. Because you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, originally, I thought in modern they played Shocklands because the uh, duels were too expensive. Which I thought was a decent way of reasonable. looking at it. You know, reasonable. And, um, and then, yeah, I, I realized that uh, kind of quickly that too expensive doesn't really exist so you know yeah and you realize it more and more the closer you got to owning land obviously Uh yeah i own my first duel i owned a bad lands i traded a bunch of the gods for it because i thought um no i was building a five color gods edh deck and i was like this is gonna be sweet you were telling this me about this. Wanted, this is great. This is what I want to do, right? And my first duel was a Badlands. I had traded a bunch of like random crap for it. Okay, cool. Like, man, this is sweet. Put it in my binder and I sit back down. It was at a Star City in Charlotte. And um, I sit down with some of my buddies. We're talking and one of their friends came up and was asking about trades. I'm like, well, I mean, I just traded a bunch of my stuff over there. But, you know, you can look and looks in. Oh, you want this? How much for the Badlands? I'm like, I literally just got that thing, you know. Uh, well, I takes it out, looks at it. I value it at whatever, and it was like fifty dollars more than what I just paid for it. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Like, <laughs> let's do some more trades, work on some more stuff. Yeah, and that was probably when Badlands were going for like a hundred bucks. 
Yeah, it was. I want to say I got it at like 120, 130, and he gave me almost yeah. two for it. So Darn. I was like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, <laughs> hell, that's still, you know, obviously not those numbers. If the percentages are still the same, I'd probably do about the same now. Hmm. Well, even if it was one that you picked up at 120 right now and someone wanted to buy it for two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll find another one for right? one. Like, hell. The, yeah, uh, right. It's fine. Okay. Started, like, they were trending towards running a third Badlands. And I, like, you know, did the God damn it. And then immediately went over to my Facebook groups and found someone I deal with, you know, a few times and said, okay, show, show me the Badlands. And they had one. We worked out a price. And <laughs> show me it, the so. Badlands. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. But I, um, I did send you guys my terrible pictures of my list oh let me check these out but that I, a grim flare as well was Ooh, super yeah cool to play that was and another I, very I do good card they've, they've added enough cards where you could play this and for me it would be hard to figure out what cards to take out mm. <laughs> but it was um it I, I do remember having fun playing this deck and i i it's definitely one of those decks like john that you know rewards the people who have played this deck forever who have taken their beats and learned you know where they can get those the tiny edges and whatnot um yeah. so it, it's yeah. interesting but yeah, it's I, like any any idiot can go thought to use going liliana and ride it to victory mm-hmm. it's the games where you don't have the perfect curve that you have to figure out how the hell to win yeah. those are the ones that take skill absolutely so it's it's one of those decks where i look at this and i'm like man this is sweet I think I could only play this like online right now. Mm-hmm. If we were doing in paper tournaments, we'll say. I don't know if I could justify going and buying some of these other cards when I'm closer to other decks. Um, but this is super fun. But I did get to kind of play this in Pioneer, though, mm-hmm. when that was a thing. So, <laughs> I mean, it still is online, but then it got like completely destroyed with the combo decks and this doesn't do anything with combo decks, I feel like. But casting Siege Rider again was super fun. That, that, was, that was one of the cards that when Pioneer got announced, I'm like, ooh, I need to go buy my Siege Rhinos now. And I looked, and it's like the price had tripled and they were sold out online. I'm like, oh, I should have bought these yesterday. I, I have my pro. I remember when that happened. Yeah, that was there was someone in one of the Facebook groups had like, 500 plus siege rhinos in like three or four different languages yeah. in a selling place of them. Hey, good for you. Like you did it. You did the thing. Good um, job, buddy. Yeah. I got my promo ones and it's the only ones I need. I mean, I'm going to try. Dom, I like your list. I like the engineered explosives in the board of yours. Mm. Oh, I love uh, that thing. And I, I saw a list recently. I don't even remember what it was. There was like a two color list that somebody was playing a um one of the triomes in the board mm-hmm. or no they were playing one triome main because they had an ee in the board so that they could go up to three colors if they needed to for the ee yeah that's the one that jerry t shared the other day yeah that that was it that was the one um but i really like that concept though um in terms of like if you're on a three color deck and you're or a two color deck and you're able to just play a triome just without like because you can fetch it anyways mm-hmm. um or if if you're not even in a game where you need to do that it's just a, a three mana draw card kind mm-hmm. of thing 
Yeah, the, the triumphs are very, very much a low downside card if you're playing a slower deck. Right. Yeah. Like I, I have, have my the, one, uh, the Abzan one, because mm. I was messing around with it in, uh, not messing around with it, oh, Saltai, right? I can't remember the name of it. I have the special art though, because um, four color loan. I picked it up for that one. Yeah. Sure, I could see myself playing the Saltai one in like fairies. Um, if I want, because the way I build fairies is usually a little bit more controlling anyways. And so that would allow me to, yeah, you're going to fetch a water game on turn one anyway. Right. Right. So yeah, no, I, I definitely, these, these lists, like, it's so funny. Cause I, I see these lists and I'm like, man, I would love to play this, but I also know me and like the, the thing that makes me want to play the list is the fact that you're playing Kyla Strecker because I think of all the creatures that's like my favorite one that's in these lists because it it's just oh my gosh it's literally just an engine in and of itself like three mana engine you play it on turn four and you go this fetch land crack the fetch land and you're off to the races yep it's so crazy to me um I, I, in Dom, your, your photos, I really like the Grim Flare just because I've always been partial to that card. I've never found a deck that I could play it in, but I've always wanted to. <laughs> I, it's pretty much, I, I've played it in decks and it's, it's been one of my cards that I, I would like to play more. Like, I, I would like to play the Golgari. Like, we already know I like playing those colors. Yeah. Um, but I do lean more towards like the red stuff because when you play, you know, Golgari rock, whatever we want to call it, um, it, it does tend to seem lean more towards the mid rangey things, which I, I feel fine with playing at times. I, as a player, at least I used to, I probably still do now. Um, if I sit down and I play a match and it's super grindy, and I feel like it was good. And I, if I lose a good game, I'm okay with that. But if it's grindy as hell, and in that last minute, my opponent just, like, blows me out, okay, well, like, I kind of feel like I wasted time, but it's not wasted time. Like, I could have just got blown out in the first minute, and I would have moved on with my day. It's, mm. it's, it's the same theme that I keep bringing up of, like, you know, I value my time sometimes um so that there are other decks like i had like the graveyard deck that did run grim flare which was super cool too in pioneer and uh things like that so yeah i don't know i should try it again but we'll see. <laughs> yeah and I, I definitely like how you're talking about like yeah getting the long grindy games if you lose the close game so you can't really feel bad but you get blown out and it just doesn't feel good. It, it's very on point right after that Browns game yesterday. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it. Let's not no. discuss this, please. It's done. I mean, proud, but God damn it. I already, I already said, I already dropped the F-bomb once. So we're still PG-13, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate the team. I, I hate the Steelers. I hate the Ravens. My living room was very much not PG thirteen this time last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Cavs won. Yeah, yeah. Cavs won. That's good. 
That's twice so, now, right? Yeah. We'll see. Um, I heard this new kid's pretty good, though. It, dude, it's been awesome to watch him. That's I bet. Really cool. So, anyway, <laughs> that's that's more for our sports talk. Uh, Join us after hours. So, um, yeah, like it's this that's isn't a completely different podcast. Said. Oh, just, sorry, that's my other one. Oh, hello. Um, yeah, I'm only missing a few cards from this. Where are Lily of the Veils at? Uh, 50 bucks a piece. Hey. 50, 55. That's like 6% of a tabernacle. Yeah. I don't know. I tried to do quick math, but I didn't really care. I'm not working. Uh... Um, <laughs> but I, I do think the the additions to like different cards can help. The, in the lands, I feel like, would work too. Because um, I feel like I played right when blooming marshes came around and that was like oh man yeah because jund already had black leaf clips so i think seeing that was cool mm-hmm. um, yeah i don't know it- yeah it's interesting though to think about because I, th- I think you know if if this were to be the next the step that either of you were to go to i think it would be 100 percent worth just taking this list looking at it and then literally looking at everything that's been printed since mm-hmm. And going, okay, is there anything in here that, you know, yes, we're going to have the Assassin's Trophies and things of that sort. I get it. But, like, is there anything that's been printed since that could slot in to any of these things that is actually better or more versatile, right? So maybe maybe it's, you know, slightly worse, but it, it could, like, Maelstrom Pulse. Like, do we need to have Maelstrom Pulse, or could that be a main deck Kaya's Guile if there's stuff that's going on for that? Those like, kind of things. Do you know what like I mean? Do you like, want to play meta decisions? Like, do you want to play like Cling to Dust over a Scavenging Ooze, or do you want to play right. the Canopy Lands? Absolutely, those kind of things, right? So, like, who knows? I don't know. Um, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't even begin to like look at a deck like this and. and try to adjust it because i'm not good at the whole green decks really when it comes to big big beefy creatures like the most green that matt typically likes to play is regrowth my ancestral recall that's not bad i like i like the regrowth anything really that's kind of cool uh i don't mind playing death right shaman that's not a Uh, green creature though that's a planeswalker that's a green planeswalker though that's why i was trying to play in pioneer because it's still around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, that's not a bad thing to try to play in Pioneer. I would love to try to brew a deck with that in Pioneer. Uh, that would be kind of fun. That's graveyard deck I wanted to play. And I haven't looked mm-hmm. at it since Uro is a thing. So, But I feel like probably something there. I mean, they can eat there. Sure. Right, so. But my thing is, too, if I'm playing Abzan Colors, I'm, I'm probably going to lean more towards playing Enchantress stuff. But. Fair foreshadowing that's an that'll that may be an entire another <laughs> podcast let's be honest um spoiler but yeah no i definitely i definitely like the this list in i think it's a uh i think it's one that people can pick up i think what i'm gonna do uh too so that people can kind of see what we've been like referencing is i will post a link to the list that you sent us uh as well as i will um get dom's pictures posted up on to the podcast twitter so yeah. people can kind of go check those out as well and then um, uh, i will also send you the updated list that i play tonight 
yes absolutely where it kind of goes from here yeah no for sure i think that would be sweet um but yeah so uh i think that's pretty much all we have for this evening uh thank you for stopping by and taking a listen to ian's little love for abzan or junk or whatever you'd like to call it um and uh we will continue this with uh, three more episodes uh, at some point in the future here, probably not too distant future uh, for each uh, me, Luke and Dom uh, to kind of go on a little tirade about our, our kind of pet decks, favorite decks as well. Um, so please go ahead and check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on Instagram, uh, both at the same, the, the names will be in the uh, show notes. So please check us out, message us, uh, you can at us if you have anything, that, any questions, anything you want us to answer. Um, if you have anything about the deck that Ian can maybe answer as well, feel free to reach out to him on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle will also be in the show notes as well. Uh, I promise I check it at least once a month. Fair enough. That's, that's all you got to do. <laughs> all you got to do. Um, which that's not that bad because that's like every couple podcasts anyways. So um In any case, uh, thank you all for stopping by and listening. Uh, We will be back at you in a couple weeks. Uh, Stay safe and happy holidays. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody.